Welcome to the Awakened Man Podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government in the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome to the Awakened Man podcast. I hope you are doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about the suicide epidemic among men. And this is something that's not commonly talked about with the media because there is a certain narrative that must be maintained. And part of that narrative is that men are disposable. We are essentially disposable. And if any man shows any signs of depression, sadness, sadness over losing his kids, sadness over losing his job, maybe he has some deals with addictions or is being uh, abused by his wife. And statistically uh, over in the UK, they had this big study and showed that 40% of abuse in a marriage is done by the woman. But we don't, we don't hear this, right? It's always like the Tyler Perry movies. Man abusing woman. And look, that's bad. All abuse is bad, right? But anytime you hear a man going through issues, right? There's no sympathy. There's never sympathy for men. It's just that you got to deal with it. Be a man. Be a man. But we would never say that to a woman. And this, of course, goes to gender roles, right? Men must be masculine. Part of that is they have to be kind of taciturn and they have to internalize and be like John Wayne, so to speak. And so by revealing that the large majority of suicides in America are done by men, it kind of reinforces this, this, this mentality uh, that, that, that men must suck it up to the detriment of their lives, right? And so when, when you hear about suicide, if you ask anybody on the street who kills themselves the most, it's always, what, what are you going to hear? Like 13 reasons why. We have an episode here at uh, Awaken Man. If you go back talks about where Netflix admits that that the 13 reasons why uh, TV show they had actually increased suicide ideation among teenage kids. But if you ask most people, they're going to say it's teenagers that kill themselves. No. So in today's episode, we're going to go over the statistics really quickly, and then we're going to talk about some of the reasons why men kill themselves and how honestly don't care. Because in general, men, a woman's love for a man is based on, on his utility, what he provides. Right? Chris Rock has that great line, the comedian says, a broke man is like a broke hand, useless. And I think most people know this intuitively. A man is the true romantic, and women are going to, you know, buckle back at what, I, what when I say that. But if you don't believe me, look at the this, the, the the statistics on divorce. Women initiate divorce disproportionately, up to ninety percent of the time. If she's college educated, ninety percent of the time. So if women were the true romantics, you wouldn't see that borne out in the statistics that they're leaving men all the time. Oh, but all those men are narcissistic, controlling, and abusive. Yeah, okay. All right, all 90%, sure, because there's a financial incentive to divorce. So men, our, our contribution to society is largely based on what have you done for me lately? What are you providing to the table? Are you providing food to the table? Are you providing? And when a man stops providing, a woman's, quote, love, close quote, for him 
wanes and goes away. And if there's another man that can provide that service to the woman, she will many times leave. We call this monkey branching. So men, men need to understand that. If, if you want more of a kind of sociological look at it, look up Brifault's Law, B-R-I-F-F-A-U-L-T, like French Brifault. And Brifault was, Robert Brifault was an early 20th century sociologist, and he, he talked about this. And he saw it in the, the animal world, but certainly in, in the human world as well, that a woman's love is largely based on what the man provides. Utility, usefulness. And once that utility is no longer there, she will look for somebody else. And past actions don't dictate future loyalty. So the man could be like, oh, but you know, I, I took care of the kids and I paid for your college debt and all that. It doesn't matter. It's what have you done for me lately, Eddie? <laughs> to go back to Eddie Murphy's classic, uh, Delirious, I think it was, or from Raw. I can't remember which of his classic Eddie shows. What have you done for me lately, Eddie? Because he goes to Africa and he finds some like, wild woman who hasn't been tainted by western feminism and then as soon as he brings her back it's a goony goo goo eddie goony goo goo what have you done for me lately eddie i want half <laughs> and nowadays is that even it's gonna be more than half all right so anyway so let's talk about this statistic the, the cdc recorded forty-seven thousand suicides in 2017 uh, this is the most recent one and there were an estimated 1.4 million total attempts. I mean, that, that number is going to be hard to extrapolate because there's a lot of people who do it who don't report it later on. But I guess they have ways to work that into the study. Many of society's plagues strike heavier at women and minorities. But suicide in America is dominated by white men who account for 70% of all cases. Middle-aged men walk the point. Men in the United States average 22 suicides per 100,000 people with those ages 45 to 64 representing the fastest growing group, so middle-aged men, up from 20.8 per 100,000 in 1999 and 30.1 in 2017. So it's going up quite a bit from 20.8 to 30.1 in 100,000 people group. The states with the highest rates are Montana, with 28.9 per 100,000 people, Alaska, and Wyoming, all roughly the double national rate. New Mexico, Idaho, and Utah ran out the top six states. That's interesting how they're all like mountainy, sparsely populated states. Interesting. Yeah. So, men. Now, why do men have a higher rate of killing themselves? Well, I'm just going to posit some theories as I drink my white tea. I'll, I'll posit three things. One opioid epidemic in america it's massive right now especially among the working class middle middle america the flyover states as the elitists like to call it because no way would they deign to ever touch any of the states that are between the atlantic and pacific ocean states where the cognoscenti and literati intelligentsia hang out but if you look at small town ohio small town iowa small town texas a lot of these towns that used to have factory jobs that that are beloved Congress and presidents and either party. Because if you look, NAFTA was signed, originally initiated by Bush, Papa Bush, but signed by Clinton. And so you've seen the last 30 years that we've shipped all these jobs, right? They're supposed to be, oh, this is good for the American economy because now we're going to get even cheaper goods from crappy goods from Walmart. And this is going to help you. It was all lies. And you see this, especially now with the lockdown, because we, America, can't make anything. Everything's got to be shipped in. And so Trump, you know, to his quote credit, and I'm not a Trump supporter, but, I mean, he realizes that, yes, we need to be back industry because, if anything, back for decades, 
working at a factory would give you a minimum, a middle age. I'm sorry, a middle income, middle class existence because of the wages. But the wages have all been suppressed, partly because of illegal immigration, and probably because we've shipped all these jobs. And so a lot of these these towns that survived on that that whatever company, the, you know, the shoemaker company that was there, or the water bottle company that was there, the aluminum smelting company that was there, are gone. So a lot of these towns don't have jobs. Okay, so that I mean that's part of the problem. This is one of the reasons why Trump was elected in those battlefield states. Is that the 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 media did it? They underestimated the. Uh, the anger that 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 this group of people had in in the middle states. So, opioid problem is a major problem. And look, you know, if you look at Vicodin, Lortab, fentanyl, all these drugs, they're so habit forming. So, I mean, even you, you could you could have a fall from your ladder or from your roof or have some dental work. Next thing you know, you're popping in Vicodin, and you're hooked on it. So it's 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 a major problem. It, it's a drug. And we've, I don't think we've had, I think we do have a standalone video on opioid problem. Actually, I think we do. But, uh, you know, if, if you if you look into it, these companies that make them have been caught doing some nefarious things in terms of mass marketing and underplaying the, the addiction quality and all these things. But at least it's coming out. So one of it is that the opioid problem is is largely a middle class, working class, poor man's problem. Certainly there are women who do it, but it's largely a poor man's problem. So it's connected to to a certain extent with job and breakup of the family because all three of these are connected. So let's go to jobs. Men as a whole are defined by their job. Our worth as a man is defined by our job, even if you're not even married. We men are hunters. We men produce. See, women, a lot of their self-esteem comes from their their beauty or them their 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 kind of their kind of semblances and visages of femininity which is going to be bearing children for example but men ours is is utility work right unemployed men or men who don't have a job uh it's a tailspin for them because they know and they're wired and we are wired as men to make to earn to take risk to provide and when you are not employed, now look, of course there's exceptions. There's guys who sit on welfare their whole life. But as a whole, we need to be making, producing, earning. And so when you lose your job, your whole raison d'etre of your life is gone almost, for at least for little ones, hopefully you find another job. But it's like, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, my my whole existence is about work. And this is something women need to realize. So when a man loses his job, it's almost like a woman waking up one day and gaining 80, 80 pounds in her sleep. It's devastating. It's devastating to a man. So if you look at, let's say, going back to middle America, these jobs are gone. You know, they're depressed. They've lost their job. They get they start drinking too much. Major problem with men of all nations in the world, but certainly in the West. Man, the English, they they drink the most. I, I think I did that study that one of the alcohol studies here at Awaken Man Formula Holistic Health News where we talk about we, we analyze per country who drinks the most. And the English drink even more than we do. So, so they they turn to drink and then they they turn to opioid and, or heroin or because you know heroin and opioid are essentially the same. Uh, heroin is the natural form of it, but it's it's a humongous problem. It is a humongous problem. So then they lose the job, and they lose their wife because again, if if you really want to test out your woman, look, both sexes are shallow. Okay, there's no such thing as unconditional love. I hate to tell you this. If men, if your wife gained 100 pounds and said, you know what, I'm not going to sleep with you. I'm not going to lose this weight. You'll be looking. You'll be looking. 
and a woman, go test your woman. You you think she's devoted to you? Well, let's let's apply Brafo's law. So men, go to your woman and say, you know what? We're going to sell this house. I'm going to sell your car. I'm going to sell everything that we have. We're going to go live in the ghetto or we're going to go live in the streets. That's assuming you don't have kids. We're going to go live in the underpass. <laughs> she's going to be like, hell no. And she's going to leave you. Women leave men all the time when they lose their job because that is the whole reason you're there. You are a human ATM machine. You are working on the plantation, so to speak. You are a cog in the machine. And when you are no longer providing, because that's your job, right? Men are supposed to provide. When you're no longer providing, your woman has no use for you. And she will leave you, especially if you don't fix it or change it really fast. And so the woman leaves. And look, again, it's 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 hypergamy. We'll talk about future episodes on hypergamy. You can't blame women for this. Women crave, and this goes back to the paleolithic underwiring that we have. They crave security. They need security because they're the weaker sex, the smaller sex. And in 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 the old days it was protection by trying to be with the, the highest status person in in the clan, so to speak. So they all wanted to be with the the the, the leader of the clan. Think of Khal Drogo from Game of Thrones. Right, so they're all striving for that because you'll get the most protection, the nicest cave, and your your kids have a better chance of surviving. So we don't live in caves anymore, but it's the same thing here. Women are attracted to men with money because money provides security, and women need security. Okay, despite everything that a woman will say, I I make my own money, blah 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 blah. They crave security, and this is why women will pick men that have money and status. Okay, that is their love, and that makes them shallow. Yeah, gold degree is totally true. But men are shallow too. We want young, beautiful virtue. Young, beautiful virtue. Okay, I mean, so we're both we're both shallow. But anyways, a woman leaves the man. Now the man is going to experience the American court system of family law. Good luck. And I know some of you men already know what, what we're talking about here. But for you women, I, I think it's very hard for you to relate because of solipsism. Solipsism is the is the, is the way that kind of the, the mindset that women have that where they see everything through through their prism of how it benefits them. So it's it's hard for women to sympathize with the men go through in the court system. But at this point, women can go to court and take your assets up to 50 to 70%. If you know let, let's leave the working class middle middle valley Ohio example. Let's just go to lawyer makes 250, married a teacher who makes 50. They have now now she wants to divorce because again women initiate divorce 90% of the time when they're college educated. So now, now they go to court. So they have $300,000 in total assets. The court's going to divide that in half. She gets 150, he gets 150. In most states, I should say, most states. So he's like, whoa, bro, bro, your honor, bro. I made 250K a year. She made 50. Why is she getting 150 and I'm only getting 150? Doesn't matter. Know what you're signing when you sign the Faustian pact that is the marriage contract. So she's going to take 50% for sure, if not 70. If she was a stay-at-home mom not working, she had a college degree, they'd be like, oh, well, she was deprived of working. She deserves 70%. Let's say the guy had a business, a private practice. Go back to the doctor example, private practice. And he had it before he married her. He's like, why does she get half of the assets of my business if I created it and she didn't have anything to contribute to it? doesn't matter. Plus, plus child support. Every state's different, 20 25%. You have a kid or two. So let's say you have two kids, 25%. 25% of the, the income that he's making, $250,000. What's that? Let's do the math. 25, $50,000. $50,000, right? $60,000. Uh, 
$60,000 a year until the kids hit 18. 60,000. Now that'll go a little once one of the kids hits 18, but still 60,000 a month she's going to get. In addition to half the assets, if not 70%. Now, some would say, "Well, Gregory, she needs all that money, 60,000 a month because you know, public schools free." I, mean, I understand daycare is expensive. Like one of my kids is in daycare, I understand. But once it, but, but look, you can find daycare that's even $200 uh, a week. You know, I'm, I'm about to do an episode on uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is paying his estranged wife 100000 a month in her credit card bills. Now, of course, because they have a higher lifestyle. So, But the argument is, oh, I need 60000 a month in child support. Yeah, where, where are you putting the kid? In Eaton? In some elite boarding school? No. You don't need that money. And that's the problem with child support, too, is the woman who gets the kids 85% of the time. So we'll say the woman. The woman doesn't have to show how she spends the child support. She could get the clothes for the kids at Goodwill and spend all that 60000 a year on manicures, pedicures, trips, new car. It doesn't matter. New house. It doesn't matter. Court doesn't care. She's spending any way she wants. 60000 if the dude's making 250 a year. Plus, plus alimony. The most insidious thing. Now, look, alimony made sense in 1930 when women didn't work. If the man wanted to divorce her, and we'll have a separate episode on fault, no-fault divorce. If a man wanted to divorce her, think of Mad Men. If the man wanted to divorce her because he wanted a younger woman, the understanding was, okay, you know, fine. Um, I'm going to divorce you, but you're going to get a certain amount of money every every month or every year to take care of you and the kids, to the lifestyle to which you become accustomed. Okay, kind of made sense back then, especially since men were initiating divorce most of the time. And divorce was a lot harder to get because it was a fault divorce back then. But now women work. But we have alimony in a lot of states, especially the more liberal states. And so with alimony, a woman's going to get paid a certain amount of money till she dies. Now, every state is different, but some states it's till she dies or remarries. Can you imagine that a pledge of your employ- employment? You know what? Uh, you fired me, but uh, you know we fired you, but we're going to pay your salary until you die. No way, no, no, no job, no company would ever do that, right? Once you, once you get fired or you quit, you get your severance if you get a severance. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, we're gonna pay you until you die. Forty years. Hell no. But you got alimony. So the man gets fleeced. Some people call it pejoratively divorce raped. The man loses fifty to seventy percent of his assets. He loses his kids. He sees his kids from every day to four days a month, alternating weekends, two nights, all four days a month, maybe five days a month, five nights a month. So he loses his kids. He's rewarded by having to pay 25% to the woman who initiated the divorce, who broke up the family in the first place, because statistically, in women, you can look this up. 75% of divorces initiated by women, 90% when they're college educated. So he loses 50 to 70% of his assets. He loses his kids. He's got to pay child support, and he's got to pay alimony for something that he didn't initiate. So can you see why men would be suicidal? A lot of men don't recover from divorce fleecing. A lot of men don't. And this is one of the reasons why 70% of divorces are, or 70% of suicides are done by men. It's a combination. And, and you know, we, 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 we can't, I'm sure the studies look in and ask on the questionnaires, have you been married? Are you divorced? And so forth. But it's this, it's this big three things. In my humble opinion, as to why suicides are mostly done by men. It's loss of job, opioid problem or addiction, alcohol, substance abuse problems, and then breakup of the family. 
Break up with the family is is horrible for men. Men like routine. Men like their children, believe it or not, women. And when you take all this away from the man, and look, men don't have as big of a, a network as women. Women are gatherers, right? They sit around and pick berries. Women tend to have a, a bigger group of friends. Men tend to be more solitary figures, for better or for worse. Sometimes it's better. So when a man goes through a divorce, he loses a lot of those friends because a lot of those friends were mutual friends through the wife. And we know, and you can see this in movies like The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, when the couples have to choose sides, they almost always choose the woman because the woman is going to, the, the wives are going to henpeck the husband. You better pick Jennifer Aniston's side, let's say, instead of Vince Vaughn. So a lot of guys lose their friends. A lot of guys lose their friends because a lot of people think divorces are some some, some sort of virus that they can get an infection, right? You can't hang out with him. He's going to put ideas in your head. So a lot of men lose their friends. They lose their money. If they've lost their job, it's even more compounded. And uh, they start drinking. They start doing drugs. And, and, and yeah, in a moment of weakness, they, they take their lives. So look, in closing, women. I'm not casting aspersions on you. I'm trying to help you understand through your solipsism, the veil of solipsism, why the suicide epidemic is predominantly done by men. And I, I'm hoping you try to understand how divorce is devastating to men. And you'll say, well, divorce is devastating to women. I was married to a controlling, abusive man. Okay, perhaps, perhaps. But even if you were married to a narcissist or a controlling person, anyway, we have episodes here on the on dating a narcissist. Go check those out. You can get out of that relationship. And then when you do, you can take him to divorce and fleece him for 50%, you know, whatever. And you could say, oh, he deserves it. But either way, you can still leave. So marriage in general benefits women, and we'll have a separate episode as on that. But today we're just going to focus on suicide. So women, try to be understanding and understand that this we don't want anybody killing themselves. Nobody. We don't want, certainly we don't want teenagers doing it. And look, in, in closing here with suicide, if you know anybody who's killed themselves, it destroys the kids. The kids, they, they blame themselves. I mean, I've known at least three teenagers whose dad or mom had taken their lives. I think, I think two, two out of those three were, were the men who'd taken their lives. And the kids, I mean, it's so hard for them to recover because suicide is a selfish act. Lots of times the, the people can't see it because they're so mired in whatever they're mired in. But it's devastating. We don't want anybody to kill themselves. So, so women who are listening to this, try to, be, try to be sympathetic and understanding to the suicide epidemic among men because, look, all life is valued. All life is valued from conception to natural death. So let's focus on that and let's focus on, on helping men. I know this is not a popular thing, but we want to help men. We want to help women. We want to help everybody. We want to be sympathetic toward everybody. But this episode is specific towards suicidal men. So we'll talk about that and uh, just be understanding. So lastly, if you know any men who've recently gone through divorce, reach out to them. You can help them. You don't know what they're going through. They're probably not happy. Now, there are men who emerge from divorce happier later on, five, ten years. It's very traumatic. So if you know anybody who's gone through a recent divorce, especially a man, reach out to them. It might make a world of difference to that person. Reach out to them. It's one of the spiritual works of mercy in the Catholic Church. You've got to reach out to those who are alone and sick and need help. So go do that. Guys, thank you for listening. If you want to help us out, click on the PayPal link in the episode notes. 
or on the main page, which is naturopathicearth.com. Donate five, ten dollars a month, whatever you like. Buy my two books, Confessions of an Obese Child or Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior. You can find those both on Amazon, Kindle, or paperback. Please help us out. If you want some one-on-one coaching on weight loss, purging toxins, talking about men's issues, whatever, or health issues, click on the con- the Clarity FM link. You can find it on the main page of naturopathicearth.com. And as always, please subscribe and post an honest review for all three podcasts. I would appreciate it. The other one is the essential oils on herbal apothecary and then confessions of an obese child, which deals with addictions and early childhood trauma. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time. Music attributed to Nine Inch Nails.